Starbucks Productions is a backbone for many of the events that you see in the Midwest, from EDM festivals to late-night hip-hop shows. This company has been working closely with this podcast since the beginning, and we always have plenty of things planned for the future. So, if you're looking to plan your next gig or event, head over to the Facebook page to learn more today. Guys, you know them, you love them. Gorilla Graphics Design Agency can provide you top-tier effects and production value. They have everything you can ask for, including professional equipment and stellar end product from top to bottom. Head over to GorillaGraphics.com for all of your design needs today. That's G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A-G-R-F-X.com. Hey guys, what's up? This is the McAllister's Podcast. I'm your host, Cole McAllister, doing a super solo episode today. Um, I find that in these spring months, it's a lot harder to book guests um, just because uh, there isn't really a whole lot going on necessarily. A lot of the stuff doesn't really t- kick off until like um, summer. And I've just been, I've just been kind of having, I've been really busy. Essentially, that's really what the core of it has been. Um, I've been extremely busy finishing up school. Um, I'm working on a short film, which we're going to talk about later in the episode. Um, so I apologize for kind of the, I know, I know we've had some repeat guests and things like that. Um, but we are working diligently to get, um, new people in the area, outside the area, et cetera, onto the podcast. Um, anyways, so I thought I would just do a little solo episode today. Um, just talking about how I feel about some things that are going on currently, um, both in the state and uh, outside of the U.S. or in the U.S. outside of the U.S. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, the first thing I want to talk about is Iowa's favorite cunt, <laughs> Kim Motherfucking Reynolds. Um, you know, I know it's kind of not really the political season in terms of like. Uh, re-election, all that. Um, but I think sh- something has interesting has happened this last week. Um, a- another one of the numerous mandates that Kim Reynolds has put into effect um, since her um, placement into government. And, you know, before we even get into this, that's the thing I really want to emphasize about why Kim Reynolds is so awful, why she is such an awful governor. So back in 2016, when Donald Trump was elected for president, um, he, fuck, I'm gonna, I'm blanking. <laughs> who was, who was Iowa's last governor? Uh, Branstad. It was Branstad, right? Yes, Terry Branstad. Okay. Yep, Terry Branstad. Um, he was appointed, I believe, the commissioner for China. Which, I mean, <laughs> I don't think he's de- I don't think he's necessarily done that great. Uh, I don't think anything's really been resolved with China since uh, since that. I don't know why the fuck he picked Terry Branstad. Probably because I mean, I, the whole thing with Trump is that he was desperately looking for people, right? He was desperately looking um to to fill people in his office so anyways so in place excuse me in place of terry branstad um and a lot of you might remember this but in place of terry branstad came kim reynolds 
who was kind of just handpicked by him. Uh, just this, um, just this woman, this candidate that I think they knew would do well, right? I mean, in the face of equity and equal rights and all that, um, people are looking for candidates that are not white straight men. And Kim Reynolds is like the closest thing <laughs> to a white straight male <laughs> possible. Um, which is kind of a weird, I mean, maybe there are other qualifications. I don't know. I could just be generalizing on that. But it just, it. I mean, it, it seems to be in traction with what, you know, because politics isn't, it's, it's a game, right? We're just trying to get, um, get that support. Um, but since then, I mean, Kim Reynolds has won, I believe, one, no, two elections. Right? Because I think, isn't governor? I think governor's every two, no, governor's every one year or two years. No, or, well, two or four years. Whatever. I, I, I think she's won it once. I think she's won one time, maybe twice. Um, but, I mean, this, I mean, the the whole reason that she wins, right, is because of these, um, these outside Republicans. Um, people who, and I, I grew up in areas like this, so I totally understand the mentality that goes into this. People that do not live here in Des Moines, people that don't live in these metro cities, um, in the small towns. I mean, they, in, in the, you know, throughout the Midwest, the fields, um, et cetera, people are automatically voting Republican. Um, and this is just, I'm going to reach my mic here. Um, and this is just a big problem with voting in politics in general. Is that people kind of just go for what they're familiar with or whatever. Anyways, all the regardless, um, Kim Reynolds might be one of the most authoritarian governors that we have today in our country. At least that's vocally authoritarian. I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think any state or government official is an authoritarian because that's just the nature of government. But, I mean, the things that Kim Reynolds has done, um, just sweeping actions. Um, for example, a couple of the things. Um, the thing that we need to remember first is the vax mandate. Anything related to that. Now, yes, she was very, um, she did strip down the vax mandates away from the state of Iowa pretty quickly um, after imposing it. But I think it's important to keep that in mind that um a governor who's willing to do that um i mean because you look at like even people like DeSantis, right um that have been championed as like these anti-covid anti-vax mandate people i mean he had a mandate too initially um there wasn't really a single i don't think there was a single governor maybe something i think christy gnome christy gnome from south dakota may have been the only governor that um did not do any mandates whatsoever i could be wrong on that though <sighs> um but so there was that and then you know um all the like forcing businesses to um not be able to you know discriminate against people who are you know unmasked i don't that's not something i personally agree with like i i don't think people should have to do that to go into a store but i mean this kind of plays into the whole authoritarian aspect of it right the fact that this woman is willing to go into these businesses and tell them, hey, this is what we're going to do at face value, that's wrong. It's wrong for government to do that. I'm sorry. It just is. It doesn't matter what it is. If a business wants to operate in a certain way, we as the people 
have the choice of whether to give them business or not. It's as simple as that. There's no need for a government to come in and control that for any other reason than their personal gain or control. It's just a fact. Um, so the vax mandates, ethanol mandates, um, I don't know how far away she is into um, actually implementing a lot of this stuff, but I think you even see it just going to gas stations and stuff. Um, how she's mandated certain businesses and um, such to start putting in ethanol into their um, gas, both for um, like you know gas stations and their pumps. Um, certain company vehicles have to be able to have ethanol. Um, so this is a big expense for business owners, and it is a very obvious um, favoritism towards agriculture, etc. And again, government intervention, right? Even if the people of Iowa, um, a majority of them, feel that this is a good thing. And here's another really wacky thing about the whole ethanol thing, right? Is Kim Reynolds was so opposed to Biden. The first, I mean, his last year in campaigning before the presidency, right? The first chance, (laughs) the first chance that Kim Reynolds has to be able to export all this ethanol to the rest of the U.S., ooh, locked good old buddies with Biden, right? Um, Fuck, let me try to find this article, actually. Kim, okay, this is from August 13, 2022, from the Des Moines Register. Here's why Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds applauds President Joe Biden's E-15 announcement. Kim Reynolds says she's thankful for President Joe Biden's decision to lift restrictions on the summer sale of gasoline blended with 15% ethanol, a move she believes will help her legislative proposal to require gas stations to offer higher ethanol blends at the pump. I'm grateful that they, that they did that, she said Wednesday. It makes a difference for corn and soy growers, and it's important. Again, uh, favoritism towards a certain uh, type of industry, and also the same person that she blasted for vax mandates uh, for an entire year. She just is suddenly buddy buddy with because um, he did something that was in her political interest. It just shows how um, how two sided these people are, how double faced these people are. Um, anybody that votes for Kim Reynolds and thinks that she is a good or decent or has any kind of moral fiber in her being is just wrong. I mean, I think Terry Branstad. I to be fair, I don't really know. I'm not as informed on Terry Branstad or really any previous governors, um, you know, standings compared to Kim Reynolds. Um, but I, I, just at face value, I don't see anyone that has as little moral fiber as Kim Reynolds. She is truly somebody who will just do what is in her interest. Simply do what's in her interest. That's her only game. Um... Other things she's mandated, the abortion mandate, um, she brought that back down to six weeks. Um, now, when it comes to the whole Roe v. Wade thing, I wasn't opposed to that federal um, mandate being dropped. Um, again, align my principles. Like I do think that, um, you know, how, however these states make these decisions and um, how I may not agree with them, and I how I do think that it should still. Um, be individual rights. I think bringing things down to a state level is a step in the right direction. 
Um, and you know, if, if, you know, now if people want to get, you know, an abortion at really any time, I mean, there, there are plenty of states now who are dropping a lot of these, um, federal restrictions that they initially had. Um, so, I mean, they can just go travel to no state and get an abortion. It's not like if you're in Iowa and you are in a position where you want an abortion, that's not possible. I mean, you can drive three hours and get an abortion. Um, but anyways, I mean, she, she, another example of just a mandate, and that one was, I was kind of surprised with because being a woman, I was kind of wondering if she was going to maybe, um, decrease that six weeks. But anyways, um, another one, private school bill. Um, and a lot of people applauded this without actually understanding what went into it. Um, let me find this here. Governor Reynolds signs private school funding bill into law. Reynolds has signed her signature education bill into law after it passed through both the Iowa House and Senate. The bill contains education savings accounts for Iowa students and families to use toward public, private, sorry, families to use toward, use towards private schooling. With the bill in place, every Iowa student would have the option of using more than $7,500 in state money each year to pay for private schools. So the really mischievous thing about this, right, is that so first of all, she's undercutting the free market. She's painting this bill as being this thing where, and we'll watch a video on this in a second. Um, she's painting this bill as this thing that, you know, we're going to give these poor families, these poor families who want to go to these, um, you know, super elite private schools. Um, we're now going to use taxpayer money. So money that is stolen from your check, 25 to 50% of your check. And we are going to use that to pay private schools. Now what this does, what this does in, fundamentally, is these schools are no longer private. They're not. Basically what this bill has done is she's created an entirely public school system. Because here's the thing. When you start funding these private schools with money, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think that these schools are going to be um, motivated and willing to um, propone and teach the things that they want to teach? Or are they going to find influence from the U.S. government, just like a public school? When you have government money funding private companies, their morals change. Their stances change. Um, there is a clear bias in that. And you're taking away the possibility for an individual, someone with individual rights and individual income to be able to purchase the attendance for a private school. And instead of them being able to use their money as a way to give a voice, hey, I don't like what you're teaching my kid. We're going to take him out of school. You lose money. I, make, I, I go to a different school that does things more in line with what I want my kid to know. So I'm going to pay that, that amount of money. And what Kim Reynolds is doing here is she is taking away those options. This is her, this is her attempt to minimize public not minimize, alleviate private schools, despite what she's proponing. That's what pisses me off about this. A lot of people, a lot of people take the Democratic liberal side, right? And they're like, oh, all these public schools are going to lose funding. That I don't care about. 
Um, this is the thing I care about. These mandates, this pattern of this woman. These are the things that people need to be thinking about when they think about cameras. Um, and here, so let's play this clip. This just gives a taste. I just, I, I was kind of looking through. This is from Iowa PBS. Well, the article's from USA Today, but the clip's from Iowa PBS. Um, I just thought it was really telling really going to of the kind of person Kim Reynolds is. So let's just watch this and react to if it. If we're really going to make sure that every child has a quality education, then we have to set aside this us so versus them mentality. Because it's not about whose team you're on. It's not about your politics. It's not about you. And it's certainly not about me. <laughs> it's about our children. We either want to give every child the humanitarian a chance route. to succeed or we don't. So tonight, I'm announcing a comprehensive education reform package that will focus on improving education. Stop right here. Stop children. right here. You know why? You know why these kids don't have a chance? It's because of you. It's because you're undercutting the market. You're undercutting the market with these public schools. With with these public undercutting the market with these public schools. That's what you're doing. The reason these kids don't have a fucking choice is because of you. And not you're you're not doing, you're not stepping in the right direction. You're stepping in this further into this direction you're painting this this guy hate this woman you're, you're painting this as this thing that's going to help students and it's not going to help students this is just going to put them in the same fucking situation they're in you're just creating more public schools you're creating less quality education you're creating more poverty more less of an opportunity for kids to be able to get a proper education that's what you're doing you're not making it better you're making it worse okay let's keep playing Fuck it. There you go. It starts by making sure that every family can make the choice that this teacher and mother made to send their child to the school that best fits their needs. Hey, you know the best way to do that? Free market, baby! Free market. You want to have real choice? Free market. Privatized education. That's how you have a choice. Public, public government schools that tell you where to send your kids, that's not a fucking choice. And yes, I get the whole argument where like, oh, we're just funding private schools. Yeah, that's how it starts. That's how this thing starts. 10, 20 years from now, it's not going to be the case. Okay. We have incredible public schools filled with amazing no, and dedicated teachers. My maybe, in, maybe in the rural areas, not in the, pub, not in the, um, not in the cities is one of them but every child is an individual who deserves an education tailored to their unique needs and parents are in the best position to identify the right environment you know some families may want an education that conforms to their faith and moral convictions some kids have ambitions and abilities that require a unique educational setting others may experience bullying or have special needs Regardless of the reason, every parent should have a choice of where to send their child. And, and public school is not the way to do that. And that should not be limited to families who can afford it. Why, why can families not afford it? Because of the public school system. <laughs> it's because of government. 
that they can't afford it. These fucking people, they look you square in the face knowing they full and well are the reason why you can't afford things. And then they're going to look at you in the face and claim that if they keep doing what they're doing, that you will be able to afford it eventually. We'll keep hiking inflation. We'll keep devaluing the currency. We'll keep implementing things like welfare to further the public agenda and to devalue um devalue the currency even more this this is just what government does it's i can't stand this woman my school choice bill will create create education savings accounts for families who choose to send their child to a private school the state here's another point about this is like the these education funds people don't when they think here's the thing whatever the money the money amount does not matter because inflation is going to continue to rise the more public programs that you have the more the currency is going to get devalued so you can have any fucking amount put in your bank and it doesn't it doesn't matter it's still going to be reduced to zero at some point because of this hiking inflation it will contribute seven thousand five hundred and ninety eight dollars to that account which is the amount of funding the state provides for each child who attends a public school. For students currently attending a private school, the plan will be phased in, focusing first on the families with the lowest income levels. And in three years, every family will have a choice in education and no child will be limited by income or zip code. No, be limited. See, that's an interesting. That's an interesting kind of end at the end. So, what is she saying that if you that there aren't going to be school systems? I mean, if so, so someone lives in Waukee and they want to go to East High, is, is she saying that they're going to be able to do that? I, I doubt it. I really doubt it. Maybe. I mean, look. Regardless, it's all public. All public school systems are crap. That's the point. Granted, I didn't go to public school, but I mean, come on. Okay, so um, the last thing that um, I kind of wanted to talk about that's kind of been interesting with this whole um, Kim Reynolds thing, this um, uh, just every, just all these authoritarian measures that, she, that she's been putting in. Uh, this week... She announced that she was going to be putting in man. Uh, she's trying. I don't know if she. Let's see. Did she actually pass the bill? Let's see. Yes. Okay. Or no. Let's see. Hold on. Did she sign it? No, nah, I don't think she signed it yet. Maybe she did. Maybe by the time this comes out, it'll be signed. I don't know. But um. So another thing she's trying to do with these school systems. Okay, here's another clip. Here's another clip of Kim Reynolds. Let's just watch this. Let's see what let's see what we got. The students first act create that very safe culture, that very safe expectation to be the destination of choice. Public schools are the foundation of our educational system. And for most families, they'll continue to be the option of choice. But they aren't the only choice. And for some families, a different path may be better for their children. With this bill, every... Okay. 
that's not a choice. You you putting in mandates requiring all schools. Well, I guess is it all public schools? I mean, it doesn't matter if it's. I mean, what we just talked about before. If she's imposing things on private schools, it doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me if she was imposing this on private schools as well. Yes, prohibit schools. So that's all schools. That's private and public. Again, one of her favorite words, choice. You're not giving anybody a choice. You're not giving any of these schools a choice. Look, when it comes to the whole gender thing, the whole transgender thing uh, with educating kids, I don't think it's a good idea to educate kids. I I don't see any merit in teaching young kindergartners anything about this kind of stuff. I mean, I think if you want to have that conversation around the same time that you have the puberty um, type of convo, I don't think that that's wrong. Um, I do think that there is a bias. When it comes to all this kind of stuff, I do think that there is a lot of um, motivation to push people into transgenderism. Um, For instance, if you look at uh, um, therapists, so they, they, they didn't reveal this. For the U.S., but if you look at therapists in both the U.K. and Canada, um, if you look at the number of therapists who told who told children them that their transgenderism was not legitimate, guess how high that number is? Zero, nil, not a single one, not a single person. Yeah, and and this doesn't correlate with the statistics, right? The statistics that we, statistics that we've had, where I think it's like what 0.9? I think it's 09 percent of the population was trans, and I think that's probably um, that's probably increased by one or two thousand percent. Now you could say, oh, well, these people felt discriminated against, so they weren't able to, um, you know, give their voice and tell about, you know, talk about that. That that's possible. It's possible, but. To that extent, to that growth, I just don't, I don't see those things correlating. Um, so that's kind of my two cents on that. Also, I'm completely against surgeries before the age of eighteen. Um, completely, hundred percent against that. I think, um, I think for the same reason that you don't allow people under eighteen to use drugs, sign contracts, um, anything, uh, the, because your prefrontal, I mean. Yes, it's not a perfect number 18, but it seems to be the best number that we can come to where what that point is between um, a child and an adult that it just seems as someone who's gone through it myself personally, it seems like a good number. No, not everybody 18 is going to be a full function, full fledged adult and have a full mental capacity as someone maybe my age or 10 years older than me. But I think it's a good um, I think it's a good marker for this kind of stuff. Um, so look, I can I can see the I can see the merit in people being upset by this, in being worried about um, you know because kids you know children are very malleable, you know. Um, I can't tell you how how much like you know religion, um, you know, for my mentality then, and I think if I hadn't been exposed to um, things that, you know, help, you know, if I wasn't exposed to different cultures and types of thinking, et cetera, um, I may have fallen into that path. Um, I think it's very easy to, 
it's very easy to just take what everybody's telling you and take it as fact without actually thinking about it. And um, so anyways, so that's kind of my two cents on the whole gender thing. Now, with with what Kim Reynolds is trying to do here, th- this is the exact same thing. Let's just, we don't need to look at any more of her bills. You get the point. <sighs> Kim Reynolds is an authoritarian cunt. She is. She's awful. She she is she seemingly seems to do whatever she wants. Because we live in a red state where people don't think about their candidates and don't care and they're religious bigots and they think that anything that goes along their outside of their moral is wrong and should be authoritarianly struck down. Nobody in their state should be able to do this. And it's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. And the people my age, the people younger, we need to be the people to educate people, to tell people what Kim Reynolds is doing wrong, why what she's doing is wrong, and not come by it from a, you know, political emotional stance. Like with the gender thing, you could definitely take like um, an emotional stance on that. Be like, oh, this is so wrong. No, you need to, you need to be able to take both arguments. Okay, like let's say the drag shows, for instance, right? Not every drag show has the instance instances that have been happening where um, people are twerking in front of children. Children are throwing money out to people while they're while full grown. I think men, men or trans men or whatever, um, are are thrusting themselves wearing product, provocative. Uh, outfits um you know that's wrong right i th- i think and when people like deflect this with the whole oh but look at all these pictures of these trump people with the cheerleaders or these really skinny clad women it's a deflection you're deflecting it from the real issue which is okay in both of these instances there are adults who are sexually provocative towards children and that's wrong. I think any human being, almost any human being that isn't fucking brainwashed, can acknowledge that. Can say, "Hey, if I had a kid and some and I had a stripper of any gender come in and start doing their shit on my kid, that's wrong. That's wrong as fuck." Right? Nuance, people. When so, my point is, when you're gonna educate people, when you're gonna have these conversations with people, it's up to us. It's up to our generation me a little older a little younger this this group of people whose heart is in the right place but their mind is not you need to have a nuanced perspective you need to look outside of the information because if we can't do this as a society as a people as a generation then this kind of stuff is going to keep happening you're going to have your kim Reynolds of the world who just authoritarianly do things who just dictate and say okay this is what we're gonna do there's nothing you can do about it education is the way to combat this you educate the voters maybe they can make a change you educate people maybe they can um you know spend their money in places where are you know better to spend it like take the alcohol thing right um maybe people are you know realize how much of a tie Kim Reynolds has to alcohol you know, you look at like uh, what happened during COVID, right? Um, how she allowed people to carry open containers of alcohol from the establishment to their home, um, purely to help her alcohol suppliers. God damn it, Bambi! 
that dog. Purely to help our alcohol suppliers, um, while still having marijuana illegal, um, is fucking preposterous. And so maybe so maybe we can just stop. Maybe people can just stop drinking, huh? Maybe try to quit drinking. Maybe maybe smoke the marijuana. Do the thing that's gonna fucking, you know, be a poster. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna be right back. This dog is whining. So, anyways, sorry, we're back. You got too many fucking animals. This this dog right here. She's gonna die someday. Might be sooner or later. Um. So, anyways, that that's I guess that kind of ends my rant on Kim Reynolds. There's plenty of clippable, clippable moments from that. I'm sure. I don't know. Just uh, I, I guess just at the end of the day, educate yourselves. Focus focus on these local issues. You know, the, the, and I guess I'll say my two cents in like the whole you know Russia Ukraine thing. But uh, you know, don't don't focus on shit like that. Focus on what's happening here. Okay, like if uh, you can't fix the world's problems if your backyard is shit, right? Like. Uh, if you got homeless people, you got all these problems, opioid addiction, when you have an authoritarian governor, you know, doing whatever the fuck she wants uh, in your backyard and you're worried about what's happening hundreds of thousands of miles away. Um, yeah. Uh, stop. Um, okay. So I guess, I guess I'll say my two cents on the Russia Ukraine thing. Um, it's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea going over there. Awful idea. I mean, that is going to end that. I mean, not going to. It could potentially end everything as we know it. Um, now, I, here's the thing. I will say, but I do think there's some merit into the fact that merit to the fact that there's a reason that we have not seen a nuclear conflict yet, right? This kind of goes back to the libertarian principle. Um, an armed society is a polite society. I think when you have all these powers with the triggers, um, even though it may cause unease, um, there's a reason nobody's pulling it, right? Because they know, anyone knows, that once you start shooting off nukes, everyone's going to start shooting off nukes. And that's bad business for everyone. Your your life as you know it is gone. Done. Um, the people you love and care about, there's a likelihood they're gone. There's a likelihood that you yourself are gone. There is a logical reason as to why we have not engaged in nuclear warfare. Now, the scary thing about the day and age we live in with technology, where information is massively censored, where um, there is not a good way to have an open forum and open discussion, or you know, educate people in an unbiased way. Um, when you have this being kind of the uh, stage that's set for uh, this conflict, it's it's scary. It really is. That definitely that puts an l- extra layer into it that uh, that was not relevant in the sixties, seventies, whenever. So. That's kind of an interesting thing. I guess, uh, like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, talk about this too much because, again, I think the purpose of this episode. I mean, besides just me soloing and talking about whatever, um, is to talk about Kim Reynolds. I wanted. Um, I wanted to talk about this woman, uh, especially amongst like the you know the, everything with the trans stuff. 
I thought that would be a good thing to do. So, so yeah. Um, last thing, last thing I kind of wanted to talk about for this episode. Let me take a drink of my coffee quick. I fucked up. I made a whole other pot of coffee. I think I was going to be drinking it the whole episode. You know, I forget that these solo episodes are just yapping the whole fucking time, so I don't even have time to drink coffee. So now I have a whole pot of coffee. And I have another... Well, I guess I'm recording a couple episodes after this, but... Anyways, we got... Um, so I have a short film in the works. Um, some of you guys might be familiar with some of the visual media I've done. Um, I did a short called The Tinder Gang, um, which had uh, Dirt Lord, Lola Savage, um, Jacob the Freak, um, a couple people that have been on the show before we kind of all had a fun time putting that together it was kind of just a um basically just like a, a a man uh finds a date on tinder and shows up to this house and realizes it's like a, a massive gangbang and uh so it's just kind of a funny story um and then this one uh this film is called cheating death basically it's your average horror slasher b-movie type of campy uh, type of deal where a couple, um, the man reveals to the woman that he's been cheating on her, and they kind of get in this whole argument and everything. And in the middle of this, a serial killer comes and just starts raining terror on them, kind of out of nowhere. But you know, that's that's the whole that's the theme of B movies, right? Like B horror movies. That's kind of the beauty of the genre is like you don't even really need to have a reason to have a killer. It's just oh, it's just that's what you're here for, right? You're here for the killer. Um, so that's kind of something I've been working on. Um, Desi X and Dirt Lord are both signed on for that, amongst with uh, other cast and crew members, um, both from DMAC and other sources. Uh, so we're going to be filming that in early April. Hopefully we'll see that, all the post-production, all that wrap-up in end of April, um, early May. So tune in for that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of been a weird kind of a weird little project i'm doing i'm kind of involved in a lot of other different things um as well in that kind of just other um other people through dmac who need help etc um i'm just trying to get as much experience as i can um and if, if anybody listening needs their videos done or graphics or art or anything hit me up i know my shit i uh, i'm finishing up my associate's degree so i know a little more than um your regular street bum Although I will say, you know, I kind of, part of me kind of wishes that I had just done like the, um, like the normal, not college, I guess not the normal, but like the irregular, like non-college route. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I just kind of like my financial positioning. It kind of put me in a, in a it kind of put me in a place where I was able to pursue this without much uh financial hit i mean if i was like paying loans and shit i wouldn't be doing this um you know because i i just I, you know i have my own privilege right like uh i i have my own privilege that um um allows me to do certain things like the podcast like uh like school and um so i'm taking advantage of that and i don't think there's anything wrong with that um but yeah, so uh, so I'm just trying to finish that up. I got, like I said, I got the short film in the works. Um, 
and yeah, I think it's going to be a really good time. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. It's going to be quite an experience. Um, I think the thing that I'm going to struggle with most is like the um, special effects gore type of stuff. Just because I haven't really, I haven't really filmed that. Like I haven't really filmed like a really gory thing yet. So there's going to be different, you know, lighting, etc. Actually working the special effects out. That's going to be a whole process. That might take longer than I like it to. Um, but I am talking to someone else who is very good at, well, pretty good. <laughs> no, I'll sell it. He's very good at um, uh, uh, the effects. So I think it's going to be a really fun project, guys. All right. I think that's the episode. We've been going for almost 45 minutes. Um, a lot longer than I thought it would be, honestly. Um, not bad for a solo episode. Not bad for just ranting about local politics other bullshit etc um guys you know the drill cow stars are eh, fuck that up jesus um don't go to that website go to this one instead mcallisterhours.com um that's where you can find all of our all of our stuff episodes um if you want to contact me about anything inquiries to come on the show hit me up um we also have a fucked up bucket submission which we haven't done in a while because i i am the I am the only writer of this, um, and I, you know, I need your guys' help to fill this bucket up with fuck uppery. So please go to the fucked up bucket submissions and go submit your fucked up stuff. Um, otherwise, you got Patreon. I just uploaded a bunch of exclusive content on Patreon. Like the last like eight episodes, I finally updated it. So we, I, I have like fucking like six, eight new videos up there. So go check that out. Otherwise, we've got more guests coming next week. And, um, yeah, thanks for thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for, you know, the, the people who have really stuck through all these episodes. Um, this is going to be, I think, 171, this episode dropping. Um, it's been quite the journey. Uh, we're about... We're about to get to episode 200. I'm hoping to talk with some people this week about maybe doing a live show. I don't want to give any promises, but um, that is something I'm trying to work out. So, yeah, stay tuned for everything we got going on with that. Guys, you all have yourselves a good night. And remember, um, have a nuanced perspective. When it comes to things like Kim's, Kim Reynolds or you know Russia, Ukraine or whatever, I strongly encourage everyone to take take 10 minutes out of your week. Take 10 minutes out of your week to go watch some podcast, watch some clip, go read some form or feed about something that you don't want to hear about. You know, and that's something I, and look, I'm not I'm not fucking perfect either. I struggle with that. My girlfriend criticizes me all the fucking time for just kind of standing in my podcast hole and I am always questioning <clears throat> about my open-mindedness and, you know, the kind of information I'm taking in. I'm constantly questioning whether what I'm saying is accurate. Um, so I think, I think it's important to have that. I think it's important to have that nuance. So I just, you know, and a lot of that goes into like brain chemistry. Not everybody's going to have that, um, need and desire and urge to go be open-minded. But I, if you're listening, if you're someone who's listening to this podcast, I have faith. I have faith that you are an open-minded person and that if you just take a little bit of time each week and just hear the other side, the argument, um, I think it will be, it will have a net positive for you. All right, guys. Have a good night. Peace.